Getting on a flight is something that most of us meet with excitement, annoyance, or terror. A lot of people worry about what will happen when they get on a flight. Will the plane make it to its destination? Will it hit turbulence? Will they be trapped next to someone's screaming child? But for pilots and flight attendants, the risk of something going wrong is much higher. Sometimes these people show up for a day of work and end up following the demands of a terrorist with a surprisingly detailed plan. My name is Brienne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss notorious criminal D.B. Cooper, a man who hijacked a plane, its crew, and passengers, demanded $200,000, and then jumped out of the plane into the dense forests of Washington. He has never been found. Today, I'm going to do something that feels like I'm breaking a true crime podcast law, even though I'm not technically wrong. It seems like in true crime, we focus so heavily on murders, missing persons cases, and abductions. And while I'm totally good with that, sometimes it feels like we forget that true crime covers all crime. So, we're going to discuss a very different kind of abduction today. No child was scooped off the street. A woman wasn't followed home. No, this high-profile case covers an objectively more extreme version of abduction. Air piracy. And it ends in one big mystery that has people digging in riverbanks in the Washington wilderness. Despite the fact that I've never heard of this case before, it is apparently a really big and well-publicized case, and I just live under a rock. So, if you're the kind of heist-loving history buff that knows all about this case, please try not to be offended by my retelling. There are a lot of rumors and theories around this case, and if the internet is anything to go by, people are really passionate about it. But let's dive right in. This crime began with a man. He purchased a ticket under the name Dan Cooper, but the famous name he would be called was D.B. Cooper. In case you're wondering, no, this isn't just because he decided to send a polite letter to correct us. Apparently, the name change comes from a case of bad reporting, but the damage was done and so it stuck. The year was 1971, and it was November 24th, the day before Thanksgiving. Plenty of people travel for the holidays, but on this day, one passenger was not just traveling to see family. He wasn't traveling for work or for a vacation. No, this man was traveling with intent. Dressed in a classic business suit with a simple black tie, the man was traveling light. Just a briefcase and what appeared to be a bag of lunch. The flight took off, and because this was the 70s, he was said to have been smoking and drinking. And that was totally fine. 
Apparently, the rumor was that he ordered a bourbon and 7-Up, which seems like a pretty strange combination to me, but it was pointed out to me that that is pretty much a 7 and 7, so everyone, please go try this and report back. I'm going to try it myself tonight, so you can expect to hear about that in the next episode. But while he was sipping his drink, this criminal did something alarming he slipped the flight attendant a note. I have to assume that she probably expected a phone number or something, but that was not the case. Instead, the note told her that he had a bomb, and it instructed her to sit by him. Which she did, because... bomb. When she sat down, he had her write out his list of demands, which she was supposed to deliver to the pilot. For added flourish, he subtly opened his briefcase to reveal that it was full of wires and batteries, so it definitely had bomb vibes, but obviously there was no confirmation on whether or not it was actually real. Cooper asked for multiple parachutes and 200,000 US dollars. Despite her shock, the flight attendant actually asked him why he was doing it, and he told her that he had a grudge. The nature of this grudge is unknown, but he did confirm that it wasn't against the airline itself. So, the flight crew had to figure out what to do and how they could meet his demands. And while they did this, they had to do everything they could not to alert the passengers, lest people freak out and caused them all to get blown up with a briefcase bomb. At some point, he decided to change up the plan. He asked them to give him four parachutes, food, and to stop and refuel the plane. This was where they were supposed to deliver his money, at the airport while they were refueling. At this point, Cooper took one of the female members of the flight crew as a captive to ensure that nobody did anything stupid. And they did all of this, also allowing all of the passengers and a couple of flight attendants to get off. Something that broke my mind was the fact that these people literally landed before they learned that their flight had even been hijacked. So... Now, Cooper was in the next phase of his plan. He waited impatiently for the money, which he did receive. Then, he wanted the crew to take him to Mexico, but not in a normal flight pattern. He specifically demanded that they keep the plane at 10,000 feet. So, that is obviously super weird, right? But eventually, his plan became a little more clear, if not entirely unbelievable, when he opened the air stair later that evening while they were flying. So he opened the air stair, which is one of those fancy staircases that open up to the outside world. He then told the flight crew that he didn't need them anymore. And that's really scary to me. (laughs) 
but Cooper stopped responding entirely, even as the crew made the decision to land. When they finally made it to Vegas, they realized a startling truth. The stairs were open, and Cooper was gone. So, that's pretty wild, right? In this case, it was the literal wild, because it is believed that Cooper jumped straight into the Washington wilderness, where he promptly disappeared from the planet. For obvious reasons, this case absolutely baffled police. Here was this man who not only had the audacity to hijack a plane, but also to stop it somewhere, send it back into the air, and then spontaneously leap out of it at his convenience. I feel like if I received this report, especially a day before a holiday, I would totally think that somebody was pulling a prank on me. But it was real, so the next step was to try and find him. The crew didn't know where Cooper actually jumped out, only a general guess about when it happened. So police began scouring where they believed that he was, but there was one huge problem. Not only did they fail to find Cooper or any evidence of him, they also had no idea what his plan actually was. From what I can see, online people are in three camps about this. Some people believe that Cooper knew the wilderness well and had supplies nearby so that he could just disappear into the woods and live out there while he waited for the media attention to die down. Others believe that he was just using the wilderness to stash the cash and likely made a quick escape after that, planning to go back later on. Then, there are the people who believe that he had a distinct plan to make his getaway. They think he either had a car nearby, or possibly had help to make his escape. In fact, some people actually believe that he planned the timing so he could cover it up with a holiday vacation without raising any flags. Of course, there are people who believe that he crashed and died, but I think those people lack imagination, because what a lame ending to an otherwise unbelievable story. The point is that this guy literally vanished from the world, and we have no way of knowing what happened to him. We never even found the location where he landed, we just have guesses basically sounds like there must have been a second plane hovering nearby to carry him out or something, because he just disappeared. This crime shook the nation, and it's the exact kind of story that Hollywood loves. Like Philip Ashton's tale, this story is just larger than life, like it can't be true, but it is, and there are several witnesses. 
Despite countless days of search efforts being conducted by the FBI, nothing was found that would help them out. In fact, nine full years would go by before they even received an inkling of what might have happened with this guy. And the clue that they did find really didn't help. A few kids were playing at the Columbia River when they stumbled across some money buried in the mud. A pretty good amount, too. Almost $6,000. Surprisingly, the families turned the money in, and it immediately ended up on the authorities' radar. This wasn't just a pile of money. It had the serial numbers that matched the ones on the bills that Cooper stole. So, at this point, everyone wanted a piece of the action. And to this day, they still do. Countless people have speculated about where Cooper landed and where the remaining money might be buried, but even this is rife with controversy. While some think he must have dropped some of the money, ultimately resulting in it being found, others think that there's more to the story here. Some take this as an indication that he might have buried all of the money, but a lot of people believe that he actually planted that money possibly all those years later. Maybe he did it sometime around when he stole the money. Or maybe he waited, hoping to confuse investigators further. This guy obviously didn't have any hang-ups about doing what it took to get what he wanted. So, maybe he was bummed out when the newspaper stopped printing his story. If he did go back to some normal life... I have to imagine that nothing else he could ever do would match that adrenaline rush. Either that, or he's an ongoing supervillain that is being hunted by a government organization. I don't know. What I do know is that he has inspired Hollywood with his tale. And a lot of people find his story to be pretty incredible. How did Cooper pull all of this off? And more importantly... Did he have help? Was this a one-man job? Or was this more like a team of organized people? I do think it's pretty wild that the rest of the money never surfaced. Is it possible that he realized it might be traced back to him, so he decided to never use it in the end? I don't know, but it does seem like everything he did was fairly well thought out. It makes me wonder if he had a plan for the money, or just the intelligence to make sure that it never surfaced. A lot of the debates online seem to focus on the decisions that he made, and there seems to be a lot of confusion regarding the actual intelligence of his decisions. I see a lot of the split being linked to whether people view him as a genius criminal mastermind, or just a criminal who shouldn't be glorified. And I think that's a pretty understandable split. This case kind of reminded me of that Harry Potter scene where Dumbledore makes his escape, and Kingsley says, Well, you may not like him, Minister, but you can't deny, Dumbledore's got style. But the thing was, 
D.B. Cooper was not the only guy to hijack a plane at this point in time. Maybe the only one wearing a suit and with such a bizarre exit, but it did happen. It was honestly fairly common. So common that the money they gave him was flagged purely because they were prepared for someone to do it again. The government and banks had actual strategies in place for this. So let's explore Cooper's strategy and what it might tell us about him. Citizen Sleuths has collected all of the most common debates and they're all focused on the competency of Cooper himself. The first point of debate I want to discuss is how well prepared Cooper was for his daring skydiving escape. Personally, I feel pretty confident that Cooper would not have chosen a skydiving exit if he wasn't really experienced, but some actually do question his level of experience. People focus on the fact that the parachutes he demanded weren't the best choice for his kind of escape. Apparently, the ones he chose weren't all that easy to steer. But other people focus on the fact that they could probably handle the speed better, so it might have been a better decision. Obviously, I don't know anything about skydiving, so this is all just online chatter for me. <laughs> People also point out that he clearly knew how to do it, but experienced skydivers said he could probably make that jump with some success after a handful of practice jumps. And all of this is hinging on the idea that he managed to successfully land at all. It's completely possible that he plummeted to the ground and died, but it seems unlikely given the fact that a body was never found. Of course, that's not entirely true. While police were searching for Cooper, two bodies were found, just not his. The next huge debate is whether he actually knew where he was going or not. People point out that he was able to identify a city from the sky while on the plane, so this is a strong indication that he was used to seeing the world from a bird's eye view. But... Did he know it well enough to jump into the dark forest below? Did he know it well enough to ensure that he wouldn't crash into trees or something? Well enough to know how to get out of the area quickly or survive out in the wilderness for a while? It would be pretty incredible if he could actually plan his landing at a specific location where the next phase of his plan was just waiting to start, but... Then we have to consider what would happen if he was wrong. Is it possible that he jumped out in a completely different part of the wilderness than we think? Could he have died out there because he couldn't get what he needed? Again, no one is even completely certain where he jumped out, and no one would have been able to see him descending from the sky in the dark. But there is an entire other layer to the location debate. If he really did know the area, was he a local?
This seems to bother a lot of people because of the sheer amount of risk that would come with it. If anyone managed to get a drawing or photo of him, he would be at risk of being found out, especially with the skydiving detail. Even today, there aren't an overwhelming number of people who know how to skydive, much less well enough to make a solo jump like this. So much of this comes down to whether Cooper deliberately chose these actions or if he was just winging it and hoping for the best. Either Cooper was an incredibly competent person with a high level of specialized knowledge that he used to orchestrate one of the most bizarre cases the United States has ever seen, or he was a guy who, I don't know, read too many books, made a plan, died by freezing to death in the wilderness or by crashing to the earth, and while I do think that him dying during his escape is less fun for the sake of the story, it is also a little funny if you think about it. Obviously not because he died, but because if he did fail, and he did die in those woods after burying the money, it's a little funny that society and the media went on to claim him as one of the most notorious mastermind criminals. There are movies made about this guy and his story. People really do think he pulled off some kind of wild air hijacking heist, and if he actually died in the process... All of the passionate debates and wild theories just go right out the window. Of course, we do have to remember that criminals, even suit-wearing criminals who pull off wild crimes like this, are still people. We might think that D.B. Cooper was some brilliant criminal, and I think a lot of people feel a little more comfortable glorifying him because this is what a lot of people consider to be a victimless crime since no one got hurt. But he was still just some guy. Just some human being. For all we know, he went skydiving once and decided he was a pro. He might be at the bottom of a lake somewhere or something. But that's what makes this so interesting. D.B. Cooper is more myth than man in our eyes, and that's a little exciting. For all we know, Cooper has been hiding in plain sight for all of these years. So, what do you guys think? Do you have a favorite theory that I didn't cover? Does anyone have an older relative that used to open a briefcase full of money and smile when they thought no one was looking? It's certainly one hell of a story, but here is once again your reminder that this is a crime, even if it does seem kind of cool. While no one might have been physically harmed, I have to assume that the flight crew was a little less enthusiastic about taking to the skies after that, even if they did say that he seemed like a perfectly polite criminal. So... I hope that you guys enjoyed this one. I will be boarding a flight soon to head back to Colorado, so here's to hoping that no one decides to make a daring escape. Until then, if you have any theories about this crime, 
want to discuss your favorite pre-crime cocktail, or just want to yell at me for not knowing this story, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.